Welcome to the Debt Matters Podcast, where we help Canadians find solutions to their debt with licensed insolvency trustees from across Canada. I'm Wayne Kay, and in today's show, we're going to talk about when is the best time to go bankrupt. Is there a time of the year that's best? What about taxes and dealing with that in bankruptcy? GST credits. How are those affected with a bankruptcy? And does it make a difference if you are self-employed? My guest today is Jillian Taylor Mancusi from LC Taylor Licensed Insolvency Trustee with offices in Winnipeg and Kenora. Well, thanks for being here, Jillian. Hi, Wayne. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing terrific. And today we're going to be talking all about the best time to go bankrupt. And in all honesty, when I first heard about this, I was thinking, is there a best time or does it just happen? You know, it really is a bit of both. Um, I'll start by saying that if you're having financial difficulty and you're, you know, unable to sleep at night and it's weighing on you, you're really stressed out, you're getting the creditor calls, then right now might be the best time for you to go bankrupt. Mm -hmm. But that being said, there is a good time to go bankrupt. And it's not because bankruptcy is going sale or you're going to get a coupon code or something <laughs> like that. Um, but it really depends on, on the bankruptcy itself. So let me explain. So when you go bankrupt, what you're doing is you're signing over everything that you own, have a right to or an interest into the trustee. Um, and that comes to the trustee for the benefit of your creditors. Now, one of those things is your income tax. So if you have um, an outstanding income tax return for the year prior to you going bankrupt, the trustee is going to file that return. If there's a refund, it's going to come to the trustee. If there's something owing, it's going to get caught up in bankruptcy. Now, there's also two returns done for the year of bankruptcy. So the first one is called a pre-bankruptcy return. That goes from January the 1st until the date of bankruptcy. Again, if there's a refund, it's going to come to the trustee. Unless you owe Revenue Canada, then they might just keep it. And if there's more money owing, then that's a debt that will be included in the bankruptcy. The second return for the year of bankruptcy is called a post-bankruptcy tax return. Now, that's going to go from the date of bankruptcy until December 31st. Again, if there's a refund, it's going to come to the trustee. But if you owe on that second return, that becomes your responsibility because it's a new post-bankruptcy debt. Mm. So this is where timing can, can kind of be in your favor, if you will. Mm -hmm. Now, if you go bankrupt in December, then the trustee is going to file your pre-return and your post-return. And there's a really good chance you've already done your own prior year return. Now, if you go bankrupt in January, well, then the trustee is going to file your prior year return and get any refunds, your pre-return and get any refunds, and your post-return and get any refunds. So if you pay attention, if you go bankrupt in December, you're only really losing the year of bankruptcy. If you go bankrupt in January, you're going to lose the year of bankruptcy and the year before. Right. And that's with all the, the returns and the money. So I have to ask, though, you did mention, well, bankruptcies don't go on sale. What does it cost for a bankruptcy? Like, is there a cost? Um, there is a cost um, and it de is determined by how much money you have coming into your household. Mm. So what happens is every month you're going to keep track of your income and expenses for the trustee. And one of the things that you're going to keep track of is your income. And 
the superintendent of bankruptcy or the government puts out a set of standards every year that say what different household sizes can live on. Um, and that number is the same whether you're in Winnipeg or if you're in Toronto or if you're in the Yukon. Um, so it it, 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 it it doesn't always take into account the extra expenses in places like Toronto mm-hmm. um, or the Yukon. But that being said, you're going to make a monthly payment based on what your income is. So we're going to look at your income, your household size, um, whether or not you have any non-discretionary expenses. So those can include things like child support, employment expenses, health expenses. Um, and we're going to deduct those from your income and apply them against that standard that the government puts out. Then there's a formula we do, and that determines what your monthly payment is. Now, that monthly payment also determines how long you're in bankruptcy for. So if you don't have what's called surplus income, so you're lower than the standard, then your bankruptcy could be over in nine months if you've never been bankrupt before, or 24 months if it's a second-time bankruptcy. Now, if you're above that standard, then your bankruptcy is going to be a little bit longer. If it's a first-time bankruptcy, you're looking at 21 months. And if it's a second-time bankruptcy, you're looking at 36 months. So that being said, Mm -hmm. um, if you are somebody who, for example, is a seasonal worker and goes on EI for part of the year, you might also want to look at that because if you're on average, your income is below that superintendent standard. You might be looking at a nine-month bankruptcy if you went bankrupt, say, on your EI time, or if you were a seasonal worker and went bankrupt when your income is really high, your bankruptcy might get extended to 21 months. I didn't realize that. I, I had, So I'm glad we're doing this show. Uh, so that number, so kind of maybe under 50,000 and over 50, or is it under 100 and over 100? Really, it breaks down into a monthly um, income because we're going to be you're going to be reporting it on a monthly basis to us. Um, So we have a monthly standard that we apply it to. So um, and every household size is different. So and it changes every year because the government gives us a little a little bit of a raise, if you will, for inflation. Um, So it's around the twenty three, twenty four hundred dollar mark if you're a household of one. And then it goes up, you know, twenty seven, twenty eight hundred if you're a household of two and so on. And they go all the way up to a household of seven. Do, do people ever worry that, you know, because there, there are some payments there that are required that if they just, if they can't even make that, is there a fear of like, what are they going to do? Sometimes. Now, remember, if you don't have a very high income, you don't have necessarily required payments. Sometimes trustees will ask for what they call a voluntary payment or an agreed upon payment to help cover the costs. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also other programs that the government puts out called bankruptcy assistance program. Um, so if you really do have a low income and you can't afford any payments, then you, you can contact um, the government and, and look at that program. Right. Now, when they make that initial consultation with you, because as you mentioned earlier on, you know, you, you know, you know, you're not going to get out of this debt situation that you're in. You're getting these phone calls uh, and it's just disturbing. You, you know, you're in a bad place. And so that's when we want people to make the phone call to a licensed uh, insolvency trustee to learn what their options are. At that point, can you get people to stop with the calling as an LIT and then still like just hold off on, on the bankruptcy? So instead of filing in, in February that you say, okay, we'll actually start this process in July. I would love to be able to say yes, but no. <laughs> okay. um, All right. So once you file something like a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal, 
that's when the stay of proceedings goes into place. And only a licensed insolvency trustee can offer that. Mm-hmm. What that means is that nobody can sue you, garnish your wages, or take any other collection practices against you. And that's as soon as you file that bankruptcy or consumer proposal. Now, if you are having financial difficulty in February and would really like to hold off until July, sometimes getting your creditors to agree to that isn't going to happen because they want to get paid too, or at least have a resolution, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, there's different tax credits that happen through the year as well, like um, GST tax credits for some people. How is that dealt with during bankruptcy? Actually, that's a great question because that kind of affects the same, is there a best time to go bankrupt? Because GST tax credits will come to your trustee up to a certain level, and there's certain rules that go along with that, um, depending on how much is collected and whether or not you get it back at the end. Um, But GST tax credits are funny because they come out, they're delayed in when they come out. So for example, every July is when the new GST checks come out. So for example, we're in 2022 right now, but the 2021 GST checks just start to come out in July. So going back to when the best time to file is, if you filed for bankruptcy in December, then the next six GST checks are going to come out. So for example, there's two more GST checks that are going to come out based on the 2021 tax year, and then four more checks that are going to come out based on your 2022 tax year. Now, if you waited until January of 2023 to file, Instead of the next six GST checks coming to the trustee, the next 10 checks are actually going to come to the trustee because they're going to get those two 2021s, four 2022s, and four 2023s. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and when you say the the money goes to the trustee, so the refunds, if there's refunds on your tax return or these tax credits, you then take that money and that becomes your payment or is that used to pay down debtors? So what happens when you file the bankruptcy is the trustee opens up a trust account. So any money that comes in under your name gets put into that trust account. So that's going to include those monthly payments that I talked about if you had surplus income. That's going to be um, any tax refunds, your GST checks, um, if there's any assets that have equity in them that are going to come to the trustee, all of that's going to get put into that trust account. Mm. Now, at the end of the bankruptcy, first the trustee is going to take out their fees, and that's set by a tariff in the Bankruptcy Act, so it's the same for all the trustees in the country. And then the rest of the money um, is going to get given out to your creditors on a pro rata basis. So the higher the claim, the higher the money they get from the trust account. And that's where I was talking about the GST can be a little bit funny because if the GST, if there's enough money in the trust account to give a distribution to your creditors, you're going to get your GST first. So it's almost as like a little savings account if there's a lot of money in that trust account because you're going to get your GST checks back. Hmm. Okay. You're clarifying a lot of information when it comes to to bankruptcy. I would sure I'm positive this is where People just get confused. They just, all they know is that they're somehow not going to be able to have anything for nine months or a year. And they don't really know exactly how it works because unless you've gone through this process, how would you know? Right. You know, the Bankruptcy Insolvency Act is a really thick book. <laughs> um, and licensed insolvency trustees are, re- need to know what's everything that's in that really thick book. So that's why when we say it's really important to talk to your trustee and to talk to them early yeah. to get all of the options, 
That's why, because they know all the tools that are in that book. And, and this is not a weekend course, so we should say. This is a very in-depth training, years of training that you have to go through to become an LIT. Should we talk about, is there a difference if you are self-employed? Yes, and again, it goes back to the timing issue, right? So when you're self-employed, you don't get taxes taken off at source, right? So you file your income tax at the end of the year and you say, oh my goodness, look at all the income tax I owe. So if you are somebody who's considering filing an assignment in bankruptcy anyhow, um, and you're coming close to the end of the year and you're self-employed, you might want to consider filing that assignment at the end of December, like for example, December 31st, because remember we talked about the pre and the post tax returns. Yes. So if you go bankrupt on December 31st, the trustee is going to file your pre-bankruptcy return January the 1st until December 31st. Any refunds will come to the trustee, but you're self-employed, so you likely owe, and that's going to be a debt included in the bankruptcy. Now, you're not likely to earn any income on December 31st, so you're going to have a nil return for your post return, so you're not going to owe because if you owe on your post return, that's a debt you're responsible for. So again, it's really looking at the timing. If you're in the position to look at the timing, you know, sometimes the stress and anxiety of the debt doesn't let you look at the dates, but if you have the ability to look at the dates, it can really benefit you. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is great information. Anything else we need to know regarding, you know, timing, uh, payments, Any anything else regarding this best time to go bankrupt and also being self-employed and going bankrupt? Really, like I said earlier, talk to your trustee because your trustee knows when the best time for you to go bankrupt is. Um, And the trustee wears a number of different hats. Um, And one of those hats is providing you with the information so that you can decide what the best time is for you to go bankrupt. If bankruptcy is the best option. Right, because there's other options many times. Right, so... um, that's why talking to the trustee, they can guide you. They can help you find the right time, um, get all your, give you all the tools so that you can make the right decision. And this is all part of talking to a licensed insolvency trustee. As we always talk about that you can do the uh, free consultation because most of us have no clue about how any of this works. Uh, and, and we get in financial trouble. You know, many Canadians are getting into financial trouble. We're carrying more credit card debt now than we have in many, many years is what they're saying. So we can see anything can happen to a family, an illness, uh, lose your job, anything at all, and you can be in a, a very bad situation very quickly and oftentimes not really any fault of your own. It's just bad circumstances uh, that have happened. Right. Jillian, thank you very much for all this great information. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks, Wayne. My guest today, Jillian Taylor-Mancusi, to learn more or schedule that free consultation we were talking about, L.C. Taylor Licensed Insolvency Trustee, you can head to the website, lctaylor.com. That's it for today's Debt Matters podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. And of course, for more information, you can always check out debtmatters.ca. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.